All right, friends, today we're talking about why you don't need a tractor on the homestead and what tools you should have on the homestead, what tools we've had on the homestead and probably would not buy again. Join us as we break it all down and talk about all the pros and cons of all the tools and uh, get excited about talking about tools. Hey friends. Welcome to the Schoolhouse Life where we answer your pressing questions and share useful tools for creating your most fulfilling, self-sufficient family homestead. We go back to basics in all things family, faith, and farming, and we're eager to teach you what we've learned. Everything from growing a garden to earning an income to living a less toxic and more nature-based lifestyle. We're thrilled you're here and hope you leave inspired to live your life as a schoolhouse too. So today, friends, we are going to talk about tools on the farmstead and what we like, what we don't use, things we maybe thought we were going to use but haven't, and maybe some ways that you can save money by making one tool work in multiple ways, that kind of thing. But yeah, mainly we just want to talk about our favorites, everything from knives to shovels to wheelbarrows and so forth. Yeah, and looking at this list, full disclosure, this is a pretty long list of tools, but I would say it's been acquired over, you know, years and years. Yeah, tried and true. I mean, these are the things that we wouldn't want to eliminate. And in fact, we probably want multiples of. So hopefully it helps you hone in on the things that you actually need versus, no pun intended there, versus the honing, honing, you honing. Oh, honey, I was looking for it, yeah. <laughs> Versus just like all of the like frivolous things that are available. I mean, there's so many different tools out there. It can be overwhelming. But yeah, yeah so we're going to talk about the tried and trues. And I will say that one of our favorite things, especially Drew's, he doesn't love going to all the estate type sales that I love going to. But if there's a barn or a shed full of tools, he'll be lost for hours. Yeah, I like estate sales that are in the country where <laughs> men knew how to collect tools and leave them behind. For, and break them in and yeah. then you can buy them. Yeah, and then you can find out what will really last and what won't. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we'll just start at the very, very beginning. And because we're, you know, it's almost time to start seeds and plants and that kind of thing. We'll talk about the garden tools first. I was going to say, I think garden tools, but this is in like a kind of a, as it came to us order, so. <laughs> sort of, we'll you be, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. be back and forth. So if you're not a gardener and you are something else in that realm, don't worry. We'll come back to tools you need also. Potentially. If you're a homesteader, we got tools you need. That's We got tools you need, yeah. that's right. Okay, Lacey, lead us off here. So first of all, trowels, like any kind of hand shovel. I have them strategically and also randomly stashed all over the garden. I mean, they're just stuck in the ground because you know, you need them when you need them and you don't want to have to hunt all over the garden, which I do a lot of times anyways, but I think I have like seven out there just kind of stashed in pots, just upright, just ready to go whenever I need them, wherever I need them. Yeah. The downside of that is your six-year-old also knows that and they get restashed. They do get (laughs) restashed and I find them in random places, but I will say that the the hand trowel, a metal hand trowel with a wooden handle is the best by far. And there's lots of plastic options out there. There's lots of like fancy whatevers with comfortable handles or whatnot. You don't need any of that. You just need a wooden handle with a metal blade that's going to chop through the roots. It's going to, you know, not break when it gets cold and shatter like plastic often will. Um, And also make sure it's not one. I've had some like cuter gardening sets that came with like gloves and matching tools. And regardless, 
you don't need that. You just need to make sure that your the shovel itself is stout enough that it's not going to bend. I have one that like bends all all the like crazy. It's I don't even I should just throw it away, but you know, can't throw away a shovel. I could potentially Not until it dies. Not until it fully on breaks, but it bends and that drives me crazy. So, yeah, just make sure you're buying something that's not going to bend or break. And there's different sizes. So there's a wide-headed hand trowel that is really good for like filling pots with dirt. But then there's the really narrow-headed one that I actually prefer. I use it far more. It's just a little bit more agile and it's pokier. So it can cut through like a bag of potting soil or roots, like I said, or, you know, whatever I need it to do, get down into the side of a pot really easily. That's my favorite by far yeah. uh, tool in the garden. So... Yeah. And then next next to that, I would say, and I told Drew this, you know, there's pocket knives and he got me a really nice pocket knife, but I actually really wish I had a folding pair of snips that I could just carry with me wherever I go. Yeah. So, so. if you're out there and you make folding snips. pocket knife snips. I don't know that, how that mechanism would work, but yeah, I want it. Yeah. I would like to see it myself. Because <laughs> that, but I, so when you said snips, I was thinking of like, I guess pruners. Well, pruners are pruners. Snippers are snippers. Snippers are like scissors. Basically. Snip, yeah. All I need is like snippers that are sharp enough to cut through like stalks of flowers, basically for flower cutting. I mean, that's really what I want these for. Right. And, you know, harvesting seeds and gathering bits of plant material so that I can try to root it or whatever. But and why not a pocket knife for that? Because. I just don't like sawing with a pocket knife. I feel like the blade is a little unruly. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I don't like cutting flowers with an open edge. I just, yeah. It's not my favorite. Okay. All Anyways. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, so on to... Sorry, that was my chair. On to uh, pruners and ratcheters. I think ratchet pruners. We have a set that we bought at like a... It was like at a Christmas show or something, wasn't it? it yeah, it was one of those um, gar home and garden shows we went to. It was a long time ago. We got but... real roped into this guy with all these really... I mean, they were tools that he claimed were sturdier and better than anything else. And they really have... They've held the test of time. It's been yeah. probably five years or more. Oh, yeah, definitely. But it's like the cool thing about the ratcheting ones is it lets you get like... Basically, if you can fit it within the like snips... Within the mouth of the ratchet, it will. You these can, pruners will get. Yeah, it. these pruners will get it. So and they fit in your pocket. So mm -hmm. I carry them around whenever I'm moving animals, because you guys know we have a lot of woods and having to trim back like fence pathways and things like that. If you just have them in your pocket, they're they're a nice size to be able to do okay, whatever so you need. Okay, so why would you rather have snips than like a machete or pruners than a machete? Because it's easier to carry in your pocket. A machete, I would have to like carry mm -hmm. over my back which would be pretty awesome i, I would be on <laughs> into that <laughs> if you want to give me a shoulder strap machete i mm -hmm. would also do that which we didn't even have machete on our list but you no. definitely need a machete on your homestead you know i i you don't think so no i don't know that you necessarily do the pruners kind of do better the pruners and then a lot of times if i'm wearing my carhartt pants i have a folding pruning saw in the other pocket yeah the pruning saw so if the ratchet strap ratchet pruners can't get to it and the folding saw yeah. can get it. And a pruning saw, I will tell you, is super useful. And and you can get a pruning saw that's on like a pole. And we have one of those too, a pole saw. And that works wonders when you're trying to trim up branches. So those are some, some pruning tips. Yeah. Sure. And the pruning saw, it, it has like double teeth on it. So it, it cuts on the forward stroke and the back stroke. You'd be surprised like how quickly you can go. A lot of times, like for smaller diameter stuff, I'll use it over a chainsaw just because it goes so quickly faster yeah lighter yeah 
Yeah, those those are handy tools we use a lot. So in the garden also, obviously, you usually need a wheelbarrow or, or two or three or four. Right. <laughs> um, especially if you use a lot of mulch like we do. So that is key. Having a wheelbarrow makes gardening so much more feasible. If we had to haul that kind of dirt around without a wheelbarrow, I just don't think it would be possible. So wheelbarrow, we've probably gone through two since we've lived out here. So that's because, another one of those things to spend your money on. Yeah. Right? Don't get the cheap one. Get the one like as many cubic feet as you can get. Like that's the size. The largest. I don't think you want the two wheel because the two wheel just gets kind of. I like having a, Yeah, I like having a single wheel because then you can really navigate through like garden roads and that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, and the kids can manage it, so that's really good because ours is is kid friendly. And you can get smaller ones too. We have a smaller one, but it's a bit rusted out that I got on a state sale actually, but. Um, it really is probably only it, suitable for planting. Yeah, and we it. let like the six-year-old drive that one right. around. You know, put a scoop in there and let him feel like he's being useful. Helpful. Yeah. And then the wheel or the wagon, we have like one of those gorilla wagons. Mm. And that thing is, man, we've had that forever. I think since like we moved out here just mm. about. And that has held the test of time. We have filled that thing probably with like hundreds of pounds of all kinds of different things. It has a flip around handle so it can attach to your riding mower and then you can like tote stuff with the riding mower. It has inflatable tires. Which yeah, we've had to fill is, and deal with the tires yeah. a bit here and there. But but that's important because that allows you to carry more weight. So I would definitely say go for the inflatable tires and just realize like, I don't know, eight years down the road, you'll probably have to put new wheels on it. But that's, that's part of it. I think we might title this podcast why you don't need a tractor, but maybe, yeah. maybe not. But... <laughs> So the wheelbarrow and the, well, not the wheelbarrow, but the wagon and the lawnmower are our tractor. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a little bit nerdy because you can watch this little like putting uh, lawnmower going around the property, hoeing or ho hauling all kinds of different things, you know, whether it's wood for, yeah. the, for the wood stove or mulch or children or pumpkins, <laughs> pumpkins. Yeah, feed to the pigs. I mean, you yeah. name it. That combination does a myriad of different things. And we have spent a lot of money on keeping that tractor, uh, not tractor, lawnmower up to speed, like literally. I mean, it's been overhauled a lot of times. We know the the small engine repair guy on a first name basis. Right, yeah. If you're local to the area and you need a small engine repair guy, hit us up. We'll, we'll take care of you there. But he has done things like he saw what we were using it for and like, switched out the blades for, to brush hog blades because mm -hmm. we don't mow grass no. to have a pretty yard. Sometimes we mow because we need to cut back something or we need to cut down brambles, you mm -hmm. know, various things like that. So there, we have very small patches where it's like considered yard. Quote right. Unquote. So yeah. Just in our zone one right outside our front door. Basically. <laughs> basically yeah. yeah. So yeah, that is that kind of pimping that out has made it so that we can use it for what we need it to be for instead of investing in a much more expensive tractor situation. Tractors are just so cost prohibitive. And I think generally when people move out onto our property, they think that's the first thing that they need. But what we found is for the, the limited uses that we would use it for, I mean, really a front loader would probably be the main thing that we would want to have a tractor for. And the truth is you can run a few wheelbarrow wagons either behind the lawnmower or with kid power and you get as much done in, in, in less amount of time with far less expense. And it just, it's, 
it's worth it to not have the tractor for us, not to mention the weight of the tractor and what it does to our property in general. And we really want our impact on the ground to be good and not cumbersome. And when you put the weight of a tractor onto soil, no matter what kind of soil it is, and actually if it's good soil, especially, you're just going to compact that soil and, and sort of do as much harm as you potentially are doing good. So those are just some of our thoughts on tractor. I don't know. Anything else you would want well, to add? Well, I was going to say the other thing is not having a tractor has caused us to always slow down on projects. Mm. to really think about what we're doing and being very intentional mm -hmm. now we do have a friend that has a tractor and we have borrowed that tractor a tiny, sometimes a tiny little tractor a tiny tractor it's not that much bigger than a lawnmower really. i will say the one area that i would really like to have a tractor for is moving hay so we get mm -hmm. round five foot round bales mm -hmm. and it's exhausting to roll this by hand which we do, and it's a good workout. And, you know, it's, I think, probably in the long run, it's still better than having a tractor. But, mm -hmm. you know... In the future, though, we are thinking about having a four-wheeler. Right. To be able to do a lot more of this towing stuff yeah. that we need to do has a bigger engine, much more capacity to be able to move that heavy stuff. Right. Um, and it's lighter. It's not going to have yeah. the impact as a tractor does. Yeah. Okay, so All right. that's on the list of <laughs> things that you probably you don't, don't need a tractor. Need. You right. don't need a tractor. We have been living without a tractor. I and mean, you can if you needed one, you could rent one. Right. But the cost of having a tractor and maintaining a tractor is just too high. Well, so when you stop high. and think about like a tractor that would really be useful would have like a backhoe and a front loader on it. And yeah. by the time you do that, you're like in the twelve to 15,000 range. Uh -huh. And you can do a lot least, yeah. with that buying other things you know instead by using that twelve thousand to buy other stuff oh my gosh so yeah even i would i would say give it like four years you put that twelve to fifteen thousand into a good fence it's way more worth your right. time and money for sure in my yeah. opinion but we anyway. learned that with this last snowstorm actually <laughs> we sure did we don't even have that on the list but that'll be another podcast. another podcast yeah yeah other things that you just need garden wise rakes all of all kinds you know just moving moving mulch around any kind of plant material it could be you know cleaning out the barn whatever rakes are really important and useful and there's lots of different kinds and there's rakes like the stiff kind that you can really move some dirt around there's the broad ones that move a lot of like leaf and debris around you really want a little bit of all of those kinds of rakes we have a small child size rake that actually is paid for itself yeah so when you're a child size yeah. shovel too so yeah i'd say when you're buying tools like definitely think about tools that are like we have one that eliza bought with her own money it's just like a little small shovel i think it's like i don't it's not a kid shovel it's like this is a short one yeah it's like a short like kind of i call it the stubby shovel mm. or, or the black and yellow shovel on <laughs> our homestead but put a little bit of money into those and the kids will use them and yeah. um it, you know yeah again, not the toy do not get the toy yeah the toy tools because right. they are not meant to actually be used yeah. Get the ones that are actually usable yeah. because the kids will use them and effectively too if they have and a tool. So on that topic, I would say gloves. Mm. Gloves are something that we believe in wholeheartedly on this homestead. There's a lot that I think there's a lot to be said about doing things barehanded because you can feel mm -hmm. what's going on. I very rarely garden with gloves on. I can't. Yeah. It's like. But you very rarely pull fence without gloves. True. That is true. Or shovel slop or yeah anything else all the nasty things dealing with animals it's nice to have gloves just to basically if your hand has the potential of getting torn ripped stepped on yeah. bitten you know those kind of things it's nice to have gloves and yeah. you don't realize it until you're not wearing gloves and then mm -hmm. you're like oh man probably really should have my gloves well on. even sometimes in the garden i'll be moving like bricks around or something and yeah. i'm like i really shouldn't be just reaching in here where there could be snakes or 
black widows and not have gloves on, but I still do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and our this this winter we had a little bit of a scare. Our how old is she now? Eleven year old had a. She's ten. Ten. Whatever. Almost eleven. <laughs> 11 very soon she had a a giant log roll back on her hand and sandwich her hand between mm. two logs and she had gloves on thankfully or that could have been even worse so mm -hmm. it's that's one of those things you know just accept the fact that you're going to wear out gloves mm -hmm. get spend a little bit of money on more decent gloves like we've gone the route of buying the cheap gloves over and over mm -hmm. and spending a little bit more does make it worth it i think for sure okay let's see what else oh another shovel i want to talk about we have this narrow shovel it's a narrow i i tried to look up what it was called and really narrow shovel or a post, post hole, hole shovel yeah. maybe we use that shovel more than any other i think i actually got it at aldi because sometimes they have you know those gardening tools and i was like ooh, this seems like it would be really handy and i thought i was going to get in trouble with drew but now when i brought it home because he always he doesn't trust me to make a decision sometimes in, in aldi but anyway so i got it <laughs> and uh, we use it a lot we use it I use it in the garden it's just nice and narrow and it's a really good tool especially if you're planting trees or even like bare root uh, variety trees because they don't need a huge massive hole but yeah planting bulbs you name it it just has become probably our go-to shovel and it cuts through deeply very easily compared to a broader it does have a long it's like three times the length of a normal shovel, shovel blade yeah. yeah I will say though we have learned that when you're planting trees you make square holes mm -hmm. not circular holes so just keep that in mind when you're playing it helps the roots spread out but yeah anyway so that that we use that one a lot in terms of shovels and then i have a chopo it's like a almost the size of a shovel blade but it's on an eight foot long handle which we haven't talked about but handle length is very important handle length and material yeah so getting uh handles of when you start looking at nicer tools you'll notice the handles are like eight foot long and that allows you to work with the tools without having to bend over mm. so a lot of the tools like even when you go to lowe's a lot of them or any other hardware store you'll see they're the six foot mm -hmm. or shorter handles but when you start ordering from like garden supplies and farming supplies the handles get longer because like i said people don't want to bend they're over they're doing all it more day. yeah <laughs> yeah exactly it's not for like one little backyard project no. it's like every day all day yeah so that makes a huge difference with that chapo i didn't even know until i bought that that there were different length handles but now it's like man that does make a huge difference. And I'll say there are really nice wooden tools and there are not nice wooden tools. And we've had the heads of hose fall off of our wooden tools. You just really want to kind of, you think, okay, I'm just going to get this one because it's wooden and it's metal. What could go wrong? But over time, the wood splinters or I don't know, the metal stretches. I'm not even really sure how to describe how they start breaking. But I they, think they usually will. the wood rots. Maybe like, that's what it's happens. a softer wood. Like the, a lot of the hardware store, big box hardware store, they pine. use pine yeah. and like that chapo I have is, I think it's oak. Yeah. You know, so it just, it's going to last forever. It makes a lot of difference. Yeah. Okay. And a tool we don't have, but that we have used before is a broad fork. And that can be a really great tool for getting some depth in your soil without really tilling it up. So tilling can really destroy and break up these beautiful kind of communities that are happening in a soil. And the best thing that we can do is let those be, but we still want to get down deeper and a chop hoe can really, or I'm sorry, a broad fork can really help with that. I'm going to have to say that I feel like broad fork should be on the don't need list because we don't have one. That's true. We don't need it. Yeah. 
We don't use it. But if you're starting a new garden bed and you want to just loosen your soil up, this is sort of a first time thing. I wouldn't probably use it. You can use it for harvesting stuff too, but we don't yeah, really have for a potatoes bed. and stuff. We don't it? have a bed set up for that really. No. So we yeah. haven't really needed a broad fork just because of the way we grow things. But but I can see for those needs it to be a very useful option. We have chainsaw on the list, which we kind of talked about a little bit already, but we drew wields a chainsaw like on ninety percent of the time. We were cutting down trees. He's cutting down a lot of trees these days. So you hear it growing all the time. And if you live out in the country, you hear chainsaws all the time because it's just one of those things you can't live without. Well, I mean, yeah, trees fall. Power goes out and you need to get out of the house or down Mm -hmm. the driveway. It's nice to have a chainsaw. I mean, the needs for a chainsaw are kind of endless. And again, this is one of those ones where don't get a cheap one. No. Like if you can't afford a nice one. one, Yeah. The tiny little ones they sell that are like the beginner chainsaw. They're kind of useless. Really like still Husqvarna. Like those are the two brands that you need to be looking at. Listen, if you're a backyard homesteader, one of those little guys could be the perfect thing. If you're a backyard homesteader, get one of those little cordless, like rechargeable battery ones they're making now. Those are supposed to be like DeWalt makes one that's supposed to be really nice. Huh. Jason has one and he said he loves it. So, so yeah. yeah. But yeah, if you want, if you're out in the country and you're planning on chainsawing a lot, it makes sense to like save your money up until you can afford like a farm boss or something, mm. a, a bigger one that will serve you for a long, long time. Mm. Yeah. And along the same vein as a chainsaw, I feel like, cause he just mentioned the cordless is having a cordless tool set. And Drew has done a really good job of kind of collecting a good cordless. He had to when he was working, but now it's become the farm cordless tool set and he's got a little bit of everything that right. works with the same. Yeah. And he, he made sure to get the same brand. They're all DeWalt, right? You have to because mm-hmm. once you start buying batteries, like now yeah. rechargeable batteries are stupid expensive. Yeah. So, yeah, you can't pick one, uh, what do you call it, brand, I guess, yeah. and stick with it. We have a friend that like, Basically, is a sponsor for Milwaukee, and then <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. we do Dewalt. I don't know. I, I got Dewalt because that's what I bought. The year, default, <laughs> yeah, years and years ago. I started with that, and yeah. you know, once you get started. And the thing is, too, like now we have what three or four batteries, so we right. can constantly have them charging, so you can they're ready to use. Because you know, if you need to have a rechargeable battery, you have to wait in between uses. It's very right. frustrating. So that is a really crucial part of our farm. You can buy a flashlight that uses the same battery. I mean, it really is pretty universal, so that you can get all these tools on the same system. Yeah, and I buy like one of those double rechargeable battery things that I just keep in our garage. So there's always two batteries charging, and we're using one. Mm-hmm. That way, you know. You you can you can keep going forever on that kind of thing as long as there's power. <laughs> um, right. And then as far as rechargeable, also a bright rechargeable flashlight yes. is uh, when something goes crazy out in the middle of the night and you're like, oh no, what is that? You need a good flashlight. We keep one like by the door. We call it the black flashlight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, we keep it by the door. That's a funny. That's a funny story. A lot of Do times. We? Well, sometimes. Sometimes until we, it's not by the door, and we were... would like for it to stay by the door. <laughs> Six-year-olds, what can you do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that also another um, sort of rechargeable tool slash lawnmower slash fun thing to have is a sieve. Oh, we forgot to That's mention. It's not rechargeable. Yeah, if you recharge yourself. Yeah. But going back, because some of the cordless tools that we love, a chop saw, I put on the list for a specific reason, because I feel like Drew can get, he can build almost anything with the chop saw these yeah. days. Yeah, the chop saw, however, is not 
cordless. It's not cordless. That, yeah. Can you but get one cordless? You might. I think you have to double up the batteries if you do. You put yeah, like two batteries in it. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. So chop saw. Circular saw. The yeah. circular saw and the sawzall. And the sawzall, I feel yeah. like it can do Between a lot the with those two. two. He yeah. just got a, a table saw, which is yeah. like a huge development because he's been asking for one for decades. Right. But, but I mean, he's managed up until now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so those are some of the tools that we have. And a drill, screwdriver drill. I mean, yeah, you just need one. Hammer drill, Hammer impact drill. drill. Yeah. All of those. And then Sid, Lacey started to yeah, talk about. Yeah, sorry. Back to the Sid. Yeah. I that's like picture in the people call it a scythe. Scythe, Sith. Picture the old timey people that are like standing out in the field, like harvesting grass the old fashioned way. They make you can just hear it. Yeah, yeah. The the key to a Sith is getting a good Sith that fits you. So it's very important that the Sith is sized to your arm length and your height. And the blades are there's different kinds of blades. There's like grass blades, bush blades. I don't know, short blades, long blades? <laughs> Hot blades, skinny blades, I don't know. You know, I feel like Dr. Seuss now. But the point is there's a lot of different blades. And you need to know what your purpose is going to be. I think the bottom line is like having the right tool for the job does make a big difference. It's just that there are some like tools that can do a myriad of different things. And you want to focus your money on those versus like these very specific tools. So a sieve is a good, good candidate for that because it has multiple different uses yeah it, well yeah, yeah. do I you mean, have to really, buy a specific sieve for each of those blades or can you trade out the blades you can trade out the blades yeah. what i will say is like you see sieves everywhere yeah. like we were talking about estate sales yeah. and garage sales and um it's not a one size thrift store fits all one right size it, sieve fits all. right and there's like different kinds there's like american and english like so depending on what kind you get will depend on what you can do with it. Pretty much all of the ones you see, like the antique ones, were all just for haying. Mm. And again, they were made for that individual. So mm -hmm. don't waste your money buying one from a thrift store. There's a, what is it, the One Sith Revolution. is. If you Google that, you'll find this guy that will make them. And you just send them your dimensions and he'll make one custom for you and send it mm -hmm. to you and it's not it's not ridiculously expensive mm -hmm. but then you can kind of like start practicing like we use that a lot of times around the garden we have the bush blade on it so that we can cut things other than grass um like little it's like more serrated yeah it's just a thicker blade so mm -hmm. it won't break like if you hit like a little tree sapling or mm -hmm. like some brambles or something like that the ones for grass are like almost paper thin but they're Super just yeah. just cutting grass. Yeah. We have a hand, a little handheld one too that's pretty handy. Oh, that grass. one is serrated. It yeah. is. Yeah. And that's that's more for like, you know, just doing small areas around garden things, I guess. We use that when we harvested the wheat. Mm -hmm. We hand sit that. Mm -hmm. And that worked that worked really good too. Yeah. But it's nice sometimes to not have to get out like a weed whacker or a mower and just, you know, trim up a little area. Quietly. Right. Well, another great tool that we didn't have on the list for that is actually those little sheep shears. Um, oh, yeah. The hand sheep clipper shears. Yeah. And, um, those can be really good for cutting small parts, of small areas of grass just in, in between garden beds or whatever instead of pulling out a bigger tool. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Seed spreaders are something that we use pretty regularly because we spread a lot of seed. 
We do. Another easy way, though, is just your hands. Yeah. So I feel like we had we got one because we got it at a yard sale or something for super right. cheap, and we use it all the time. But we wouldn't you wouldn't need to use it. I think that the seed spreaders, depending on what your landscape looks like, like mm-hmm. ours is woods again. So having one of those two wheeled ones that you push around is just ridiculous. Having one of those handheld ones that you can just hold and like you hold it at your chest and, and then you, spin yeah. it like. Mm-hmm. That kind is Actually, nice. Actually, I forgot we had the wheelie one, too. Yeah. And, but, wheel- yeah, the wheelie one I feel like we never used. Yeah, I think the wheelie one is giving up the ghost. Yeah. But, yeah, the handheld one is nice. Nowadays, usually I just fill up, like, four little buckets with seed and then set the kids on it. Mm-hmm. And then it's spread out. Hand spread. Or... Or Sometimes they, you miss a spot. Or they trip whatever. and there's one giant pile in one spot. That's what happens with a six-year-old. Uh, anyway, um. <laughs> so, yeah, okay, those are important tools. Yeah. And then the flame weeder, I feel like, is another one. Mm. Would you put that on the must-have list? I don't I, It's kind of, no, probably not. It depends on how much you hate weeds. Because if you have, like, a driveway, gravel driveway, and it kills you that there's weeds coming up, then it's the tool for you, I think. But if you don't care about that as much, then, like, us, you know, we might pull it out every once in a while but you have to be kind of specific about when you use it and how you use it and I would say we use it for other things like starting fires and whatnot maybe more than we're really supposed to but for the purpose of actually weeding I don't think that we use it very much. It is nice like if you're going for a no-till style you can put a tarp down pull pull the tarp back Mm -hmm. after two weeks let all that all those weed seeds sprout and then hit them with a flame weeder. Mm -hmm. And then you have like this perfect soil as long as you don't stir that soil at all. But you also have to be careful not to scorch the soil because that will kill things too. So it's kind of like this finesse that you have to have when you're using it. So, but you do use it for when we lay out weed cloth. Oh yeah. We have like kind of like more permanent weed cloth or like reusable weed cloth. Right. That will burn holes with it too. Yeah. So it has its uses. So it's it's in the maybe like kind of towards the end down of the, the line. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need it tomorrow. No. De- maybe by spring. Especially if you don't have a T post driver. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Drew reminded me how much we use the T post driver. Yeah, Lacey was typing in driver, and I was like, "Oh, T post driver." Yeah, and she's like, oh, "I don't think we need that." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, we you need don't. that." He yeah. uses it. It's, I, I will admit yeah. that it's a little scary for me to so use. So there's you have two options when you're putting T post in, which could be for the garden for fencing mm-hmm. is you can use a sledgehammer mm. which is just terrifying exc- excruciating over your head towards your face <laughs> right or the t-post driver and the t-post driver comes with its own set of dangers like smashing a finger inside oh. it's basically like a tube that fits over top of the t-post the two big and handles. The, yeah with two big handles and the top is like welded shut mm-hmm. and then reinforced so you drop it over the T-post and then you grab these two handles on either side and you slam it down over and over again. Mm. What some people do is the T-post has a white top on it. And the white top, I don't know if this is why it's there or not, but it is for me, is there to let you know don't go any higher with a T-post driver. Because what happens is people do and then that T-post driver comes off and falls on their head. Oh. If you Google like T-post Because well, if you're getting driver, like getting yeah. into it, I can see you go like, whoop, boom, like as yeah, high too as you high. can. And then, oh, people could die. Yeah, you should see. You Google T-post driver injuries and yeah, oh, it's bad. So Terrible. But that is one of those tools that you just need to have. <laughs> if you're ever going to put in any kind of T-post in the garden or for animals or anything else, Yeah, it's 
And they're not that expensive. And so, but then like on the same driving, you need hammers and mallets and more hammers everywhere. Just like your trowels. Basically, you just want hammers all over your property. And you want to like use like, we haven't done this, but this is brilliant. <laughs> spray paint those suckers in like the orangest orange you could possibly spray yeah. paint them. So that you can find them in the grass because they get strewn all over our You property. know, I was thinking about doing that with the garden trowels too. Yeah, we could do that. With Wouldn't be pretty, but it would be very helpful. We have come up with a system of hanging the hammers on the fence next to the gates into our like permanent paddocks which i or we'll put them this is ideal world again you know if if kids would listen kind of thing or we'll put them next to the chargers when we're rotating animals so that we know there's always a hammer there because you get out to wherever you're moving the animals and then there's no hammer and then the hammer hunting begins and mm. it, it turns into yeah, I mean, if it was a perfect world, you'd never need a hammer to put in a post right. or in one of these nettings. But the yeah. truth is that the ground is generally not always accommodating for... That's why we're doing what we're doing. We're regenerating That's the right. Land. We're making it so it works. Yeah. And I will say we need to hammer less and less. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But um, fence tester, we're talking about fences. Drew wanted to add the fence tester. Yeah, I feel like a fence tester is totally necessary. That is one of those ones where I have... A good friend that does not have a fence tester, and he tests the fence by touching it to see if it's hot or not. <laughs> I know which friend that is, <laughs> yeah. and I don't even know. I just figured yeah, it out. You know, that yeah, but <laughs> some people... It's either some, working or it's not. Somebody else would tell me they use a green blade of grass, and they touch it to it, and you get a little bit of zip, but not a lot. When you start managing animals like pigs, you need to know how hot that fence is, and it's worth spending a little bit of money to put. I think the fence tester we have is actually like a hundred and twenty dollars. Oh, really? Don't tell Lacey. Dang! <laughs> and that thing is—that's falling apart. Yeah. Well, no, it's still in good shape. Okay. You can replace the bag. It's a Gallagher fence tester, and it also shows you which direction the short is in your fences, so you can like follow it. But it tells you the amps and the voltage on the fence at any given time, so it's worth its money to not have to go back to your fence tester or your fence charger and see what it's at mm. and if you have a digital readout or to me it's worth not getting shocked over and over to see like is that really hot and how hot <laughs> is it and you know mm. don't worry we get hit just enough <laughs> even with the tester so. yeah i know it's hilarious but it also has saved us that way like i carry it in my pocket whenever i'm working animals and i'll touch it to the gate before I open the gate just to make sure I'm not going to get shocked <laughs> when I remember. Or I get shocked. Or I send one of the kids to open the gate first. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What else? Hammer channels. Okay. That's really kind of sums up our list. Did we really hit everything? Well, yeah. We did. Oh, the weed whacker, which, yeah. Oh, we didn't talk about knives, which knives oh, is actually nice. one of the main reasons. Yeah. So we're still going to come back to things that we don't use or we bought we don't use or we don't think that anyone really needs. But we already hit on tractor. There's a couple more. But before we move on to that, let's talk about knives because that knives, is huge, yeah. especially if you're dealing with animals and butchering and that kind of thing. So knives, sharp ones. Knives. All right, Lacey. And this is true of anyone because even if you just cook, you should have good knives. I know. Well, I was just reading a quote by the farmstead meatsmith. He was like, sharp knives, good quality sharp knives are not an option. Like, you should consider that right, fundamental. A, a fundamental tool. Yeah. And it goes back to starting with the end in mind. Like, if you're raising animals and livestock, I guess even vegetables, if you think about it, you need knives that well, are he sharp also and Well, he also taught Drew that you should... Butcher an animal knowing how you're going to cook every cut that you cut. You right? should raise an animal you should knowing. Raise, yeah. yeah. And so, 
as soon as he came back from a training on this infield uh, butchering process, we bought a bunch of, uh, what do you call them, brazers and like cast iron Dutch oven yeah, styles in yeah. all different sizes. Because the truth is for our family, the best way to cook meat is to put it in a pot and make a big dish of something with a lot right. of other things. Braise it and, for a long time. Right. Yeah. So we're set now, but we also, the knives is not, it's got to be that's, on the list. That's on the list. It's just, I'm trying to uh, budget one, it out. <laughs> right. One, <laughs> one thing at a time. But yeah, so cast iron, if you're, and this has come up a lot in recent months, I feel like people are curious about cast iron. And that is what we've always really cooked in the most. And even more so as time goes on, because they just stand the test of time. And, yeah. And, and you're not getting better. any of those like nasty chemicals exactly. leaching into your food yeah. but okay back, back to, to knives. knives back to knives <laughs> so the knives that let's hear what Le- knives Lacey needs well first. everybody laughs my favorite knife that I use the most in the kitchen is the traditional cheese knife the Cutco Cutco che- cheese yeah. knife so we actually did invest in a few knives from Cutco several years ago and I would encourage you to look into that I'm so far very impressed with them they have a lifelong guarantee they sharpen them you can send them back and have them sharpen we've done that a couple of times and we're about to send them back about again. to send it back again yeah. and they just do it right you know the sharpening is is you know there's finesse to that like you learn how to do it yeah and yeah that cheese knife it cuts through everything easily it's serrated and nothing like when you're chopping you know how sometimes stuff will stick to the side of a knife and you have to like shake it off it doesn't have it has holes in it so that doesn't happen it's good for cheese but it's really good for tomatoes i was gonna say it's my favorite knife for slicing tomatoes for slicing for slicing onions for slicing everything it's my favorite so in the kitchen that's my favorite knife and then the next would be the hardy slicer Mm. which is like it's like a mega knife i mean it's heavy it's serrated Mm -hmm. and it will cut through anything if you're breaking down a chicken from whole to quarter or even smaller pieces that's my go-to knife you can do the whole chicken with it it holds its sharpness i think it's been like six years since we've had those knives sharpened and it's still pretty sharp it needs to go back but well, and I'll say too, you know, we if you're not going to invest in cutco knives right out of the gate, there's we've been really happy with a lot of the little ceramic knives, the smaller size. I think those work pretty good and hold hold the sharpness pretty long compared to some of the other metal knives that we've had over the years. Yeah, so. and I, I will say what the Farmstead Meatsmith guy told us to invest in, and I, I'm totally sold on the idea, is these Japanese single bevel knives. So... All of our traditional knives have a bevel on both sides, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of like angle that goes to a point, mm-hmm. which means that you have to sharpen both sides. Mm-hmm. The Japanese believe that the knives should be made to fit the sharpening tool. Hmm. So all of the knives, if you look at traditional Japanese knives, are like a single angle. So it's like just a, a flat blade of a knife. Like you see a lot of are American knives that are like fancy curves or different shapes. Mm. And that makes it even more difficult mm-hmm. to sharpen. Mm-hmm. But then they also go to single bevel so that you're sharpening the knife just on one side. So it's literally just a little bit of sharpening and you're done. Wow. And that allows you to keep a super, super sharp angle on your knife, which holds the sharpness longer and is actually even sharper than like you realize a knife can get well in a sharp blade it's funny i just read an article about sharpening a chainsaw blade and learning how to do that effectively because if you can do that effectively you're going to be a far better chainsaw user Mm. right it just changes the work from really hard and difficult 
to maybe even easy and really efficient if you just know how to do it right. And that it was the same with a knife, right? And it's the same with scissors, for goodness sake. Like, if you have a crappy pair of scissors, yeah, it's just frustrating. It's a big difference, yeah. So, yeah. And then the only other knives I would say is I have a butchery set of knives. They're Havlon. It's H-A-V-A-L-O-N, I believe. But it's uh, interchangeable blades so these blades are like they're small they look just like a, a scalpel blade mm. and you can order like a 10 pack of them i don't like it being like kind of yeah disposable single use but the reality is like when you're butchering a sheep or like these larger animals you need that blade to just be crisp mm. over and over again so until we invest in our japanese knives <laughs> it'll be what i continue to use and they they make different sets on those but really there's one that's just like I got it from a hunting store originally, but it's just a single flip out scalpel blade. And when it gets dull, you take it off and you put a new one on and you keep mm -hmm. going. And I can go from a live sheep all the way to like packaged meat with that one knife. So it to me, that's worth it for mm -hmm. that one. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So knives, did we miss any of those? No. Scissors, no. I will say having good scissors is definitely in a bone saw. And we are going well over time. So let's just keep talking now about the pro the tools we've used that we don't really use. So like a wheel hoe. I remember when we first got this property, I was like, you know what would be amazing? Drew would love it. A wheel hoe. So I bought him one for Father's Day or something. Yeah. And he did use it. A I good tried. Amount. I really tried. Yeah. But the thing about the wheel hoe is it, it is very, it has all these different attachments. So it seems like it's a really good idea. We don't really till. So, you know. That's that. what I was going to say. That, that's the main thing. <laughs> that's it, really the main if thing. If your soil is tilled and you till it over and over and over again, then it a wheel might be a good tool. Work. But we just don't. And so it's not a tool that we use very frequently at all. And so we wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> cool as they seem. Yeah. It's not a tool that we would recommend. A BCS, a friend of ours had a BCS. So we thought that's we, like a we walk, would really a use two, it a lot too. It's like a two wheel walk behind tractor. Yeah. Again, it's really main, the main thing for that is to till, honestly. I mean, it, and beyond that, we wouldn't have a use for it. So, no, we don't. Yeah. Maybe it's a little a, brush hogging? Did we do? We did do some brush hogging with it. It did tear up some brush hogging. But again, I would say, like, rent it. Yeah. Use it. Like, there's a better, like, for what we did, our friend had one, so we used it, but it would have been a thousand times easier to just rent or get a tractor. <sighs> And a brush hog, or eh, I don't know about goods. <laughs> I would rather rent a brush hog. Than, <laughs> but uh, there, like, don't rule out renting tools. Yeah, no. that that's well worth it. Which I should add, we should put onto our must-have list or a good list is a trailer. Mm. You, um, having a nice tow-behind trailer of a decent size and a decent weight capacity mm -hmm. is worth its weight in gold. Mm. Uh, well, maybe not technically, but yeah. No, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> we don't have a pickup truck. We use that instead. Mm -hmm. So we have a, a vehicle that can tow a lot of weight, and then we use that trailer to tow all kinds of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I will say, someone made the argument the other day, they were talking about getting gravel for their driveway. And I thought this was really kind of brilliant, but it was going to be like $11,000 for their driveway to be graveled. 
And the woman, uh, one woman suggested that they just buy a dump trailer and then they'd have their dump trailer by the second time, the second load of gravel they needed to get for this driveway, they'd have paid for this dump trailer. Yeah. And it didn't make a lot of sense. So our trailer is not a dump trailer, but that might yeah. be something to consider yeah. if you um, have a long driveway. I'd go halfsy on that for sure. You need a lot of mulch, all these different reasons that a dump trailer could be great. And then the cedars, we don't even really need to talk about that, mm-hmm. I don't think. But a cedar is a nice tool if you have nice market kind of garden rows. But for us, it's just never made sense. So if you're a homesteader and that's not really your goal is to have a market garden, then... I would say a cedar is by hands down way too much. It's just not necessary. But if you do want a market garden, it could be the, the tool for it. Well, you. and it turns out like a cedar, again, you have to have like perfectly tilled. Right. Like fluffy soil. Even terrain. And yeah. your, all your rows have to be even. And like it goes into a whole different like from homesteader to market garden, like right. Lacey said. Yeah. The one last thing I just wanted to talk about is with all of these tools, <laughs> I would say aside from maybe the hammers, you can share these with other people in your mm, area. That sounds dreamy. It does sound. I know, I know you would like that. <laughs> but the reality is like we have some good friends and we go havesy. We call it havesy a lot of times <laughs> on different tools. Like the trailer is a havesy tool. The giant grill that we didn't met, mention Well, generally, you know, if we don't have something, these are tools that we do have. But if we don't have something, and this has happened before, like the weed whacker is not working. So we have a friend who has a weed whacker. Or, you know, maybe we trade something for something i mean there's always like this wisdom in asking before you just buy something you know every all of these tools are pretty easy to find at your local hardware store but the truth is if you use it first you're also going to learn what you want and don't want before you buy something so i think borrowing and trading and all of these things are way wiser because if you walk into the store and you haven't had an experience with the tool you don't even know what you're looking for and you just get what's there so i would definitely encourage you to try and see what you like before you actually spend the money and a, a lot of times your friend that has the tool will come over and show you how to use it and you know, tell you get, what they don't like about yeah, their own tool that right, could be a yeah. it could be like a leg up yeah. right so yeah 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 that's a, br- a brilliant thing to bring up. All right, friends. So this one has gone way over our normal our amount average. of time. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's uh, super important to be thinking about tools you need on the homestead, tools that you don't need. Tell us in the comments. What did we you, forget? Yeah, I know what, we forgot. What did things. we forget? Tag us on a social media platform and let us know what we forgot. Send us an email. However you want to communicate. Text us. Tell us why we're wrong about a tractor. Right. Tell yeah. I want to hear why we should have a tractor. But thank you so much. Share this episode with a future homesteader or someone getting started. And let us know again. Give us a review. Thanks for joining us, guys.